Hey, 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 it's Pastor Cody here. Hey, welcome to our weekly sermon podcast. You know, we hope here at Bethel that when you listen to this podcast that you encounter God from wherever you are, that you're encouraged, that you're convicted, and that you're lifted up. Hey, don't let the four walls of our church be the only place where you experience God. Hey, enjoy today's word and love God, love others, and live life with passion, y'all. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We are in our summer series. We're in the book of Galatians. And um, today we're going to pick up in Galatians chapter number three. So if you have your phone, if you have your iPad, if you have your old-timey paper Bible, get that thing out, open it up to Galatians chapter three. We're going to read verse number one, and we're going to pray and just see what the Lord would say to us and challenge us with today. Galatians chapter three. Verse number one, let me remind you this, that this is a book of somewhat of correction. The church in Galatia, it's a church that Paul planted. It's planted and founded on the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ on his redemptive work on the cross. These people formerly were far from God. They are now saved. They've come into a relationship with God the Father one way. How many know there's one way to have a relationship with God the Father? Can you say a good amen? That one way is through Jesus and his blood. These people have have received the gospel, and now they've strayed away from the gospel just a little bit. They've been deceived by people. They've been deceived by the enemy. They're no longer living in the freedom and the joy of the gospel. And so Paul is writing them this letter, and he's kind of correcting them a little bit, saying, hey, you need to get back over here and live under grace and live under the gospel of Christ. So we'll pick up in Galatians 3. Verse number one, Paul says this to him, Oh, foolish Galatians. He's straight up. You know, I love a man that'll tell it like it is. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of fake and I'm tired of phony and I'm tired of sugarcoating and I'm tired of people. Old school with y'all. Pack one of these things. How about that? Does that sound better? I do not, I, yeah, I'm, I'm shackled when I got this thing. I'm, I'm a little bit like the Galatians. I feel like I'm in bondage when I got this thing I got to hold. Paul says to them, straight up, oh, foolish Galatians, you are being foolish. He says this, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Christ Jesus' death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Father, we ask you to speak to us today. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and bring truth, that your Holy Spirit would bring revelation. I pray, God, that this word would be real and it would be applicable to every person's life in here. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We love you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Paul said, you're being foolish. Paul's talking to the church. Paul's not talking to the people outside of the church. And if we're really honest and we're really real, sometimes we can sit in the church and look at people outside of the church and call them foolish. And sometimes the reason that we look at other people's foolishness is because we don't want to have to admit our own foolishness. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? Foolishness, foolishness, foolishness is killing our world today. Foolishness is killing our marriages. It's killing our government. Foolishness is killing our nation. Foolishness is killing our education systems. Foolishness is killing the church. Everybody say foolishness foolishness and I'm going to tell you right straight up today we're going to talk a little bit this first half or we're going to talk a lot about foolishness but I want to tell you this foolishness is rooted in evil I want you to know that 
There's a couple of different kinds of foolishness. Can, can, can we just be real today? There's something when you're young and you're immature and you're dumb and you don't have any wisdom and you think you know it all and you make a stupid decision and it's foolishness. How many of you have been there and done that? That happens to everyone. I'm not saying that that's not by, I'm, I'm just saying it happens to us and we need to learn from the foolishness in our own lives. We need to repent from it. But here's the foolishness that Paul is talking about and that we want to talk about today. We do, we enter into foolishness and then that foolishness becomes a pattern in our life. That foolishness becomes a habit in our life. We don't just do it once and quit. We continue when we're dating to be foolish. We continue when we're dating to have foolishness. We can let it carry on over into our marriage and it's foolishness. We let it continue on over into the way we raise our children. It's foolishness. And then we look up one day and our children are acting foolish and we wonder where they got it. Foolishness, it's evil. Foolishness is wicked. I'm going to go ahead and take it another step and I'm going to say this to you today. Foolishness is demonic. Foolishness represents darkness. Foolishness, it, 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 Paul says, oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? So when, when, when we enter into a life of foolishness, over and over and over again, I want you to know that it is the enemy that has come to you and I and he has cast. I will go ahead and say it. And if it weirds some of you out, be weirded out. But as I look at our country and as I look at our world and I look at the way that our people are behaving nowadays, it looks to me like the enemy has cast a spell of foolishness on America and we have accepted it and we're living in a foolish place in a foolish time. And you can call it what you, can I preach to y'all? You call it what you want to call it, medicate it how you want to, how you want to medicate it, do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, it is a spiritual warfare. It is not a political war. It is nothing other than the enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy from you and I, the sons and daughters of God. It is demonic wisdom. Foolishness is killing our country. Foolishness means lack of wisdom. And just lack of good judgment, lack of good judgment. Proverbs 1, 7 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How many of you know we need a good, healthy fear of the Lord to come back into the church house and to come back into our country? We need a fear of the Lord, a fear of God. He is God. Beside him there is none other. God is a God of righteousness. God is a God of holiness. God is a God of jealousy. God is a God of vengeance. He is a good God and a loving God. But if you buck my God and if you go against my God, he will destroy nations. He will part seas. He will kill giants. God will pour out his wrath if you go against my God. And so here we are, the fear of the Lord. We need the fear of the Lord. But here it says this, fools despise wisdom and discipline. They despise it when you're foolish. How many of you have kids, come on somebody, and they're doing something foolish? <laughs> and you say to them, and they're young and they're dumb. Sorry, not y'all, just not, not my kids. I'm not talking to y'all. When they're young, they just, they're foolish. They don't want to hear any wisdom. They don't want to be disciplined. They just want you to leave them alone. The sad reality is this. In America and in my life, if I'm real, and in your life, we want to continue these foolish things that have brought us down, these foolish things that have brought, brought brokenness. And, and you know what? We just want to keep doing what we've always done. Because sometimes, can I get a witness? It's easier to keep doing what I've always done than it is to repent and make a change and try to do something else new. Come on, somebody. 
Unfortunately, we, we, we often don't accept the wisdom of God. Unfortunately, sometimes we choose what's comfortable and usual over a positive change. We, 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 we want to do what is easy. How I many of you know God has a future for you? Can I hear a good amen? God has plans for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you. Your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, neither has entered into your heart the things that God has prepared for you and me. God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we can ask or think in our lives. But i got to tell you something, no matter what society is telling you, and no matter what the Democrats are telling you, and no matter what Joe Biden is telling you, I'm here to tell you that bigger and better and greater and going to the next level, it never comes without wisdom and discipline no more foolishness you want to stay where you are you want to keep living your foolish life you want to keep stay there but baby I know where God wants to take me and I'm more excited about going where God wants to go than I am staying and living in a life of foolishness we have to come to that place sometimes Proverbs 18 2 says this fools have no interest in understanding they only want to air their own opinions Golly, that makes me think of America. It makes me think of sometimes the church. We don't want to understand why this happened, and we don't want to understand why you did this, and we don't want to understand. All we want to do is we just want to share our own opinions. Everywhere we go, these Galatians, they're being foolish, and the enemy has come in to divert them away from truth. Paul corrects them because here's the deal. Look at me. Look, 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 look. Always, 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 always when the enemy comes, he will use deception to divert us away from the truth because the enemy knows that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. And when the enemy sees us living in freedom and he sees us living set free from our old bondages and our old lifestyles, the enemy wants to come and destroy us and lead us back into the bondage. So the enemy will just lie a little bit to deceive us, to get us outside of the truth. I want to tell you something today. Um, to be deceived is to be lied to. To be deceived is to be tricked or to bewitched. I want to use that word, bewitched. How many remember, remember that show, Bewitched? Come on, y'all. To be deceived is to bewitched. I'm going to go back to my opening scripture, Galatians 1. I'm going to read it out of the old King Jimmy translation, the old school translation. It says this, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who's bewitched you? And that word witch means evil. That word witch means satanic. That word witch means demonic. That word witch would indicate darkness. And so Paul said, you're being foolish. And you're being foolish because the enemy has come and bewitched you. And he has cast this spell on you. And he's leading you away from the truth. Dear God, y'all, that seems to be the world and the society that we live in today. I'm going to tell you something. It's nothing new. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. When people say, oh, my God, our country is so bad. Have you seen what's going on? Our world's just going to hell in a handbasket. And this war and that war and everything's bad. And I understand there's a little bit of prophecy that we have to pay attention to. But the Bible also says there's nothing new under the sun. And evil and wicked and murder and abortion and killing babies and pedophilia, it's been around forever. Forever and ever. So the enemy's coming in to deceive us. And I say that to you to say this today. There is a way out. And that way is truth. The enemy always comes to life. Can I tell you, from the beginning of time, we're going to go back and read something in Genesis. The enemy brings doubt and deception to get us away from the truth. I'm going to show you. It's the very first thing, tactic that he used. 
Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now, the serpent was the shrewdest of all. He knew how to get around. And one day he went up to the woman and he said, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Look at me. First thing the devil does is bring doubt. The, the devil knew exactly what Jesus said. The, I mean, what God said. The devil knew exactly. But he goes to her and he goes, is that really what God said? He just wants to get her to think in doubt. Thinking maybe I missed it. Thinking maybe I don't understand. Maybe I don't know. So the enemy plants doubt. And then verse number two, watch this. Eve knows the truth. Eve knows the truth. She knows what God said. Of course, she said, we can eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat from because God said if we eat of it or even touch it, we will die. The enemy brings doubt. She states the truth. She knows what she's supposed to do. Watch the enemy. He's shrewd and he comes back once again. Eve said, we'll die if we touch it. He goes, nah, surely you won't die. Bringing that doubt and that deception, deterring her away from the truth. The enemy, now he begins to lie because the enemy, Satan, is the liar. He is the father of all lies. The truth is not in him. That's all he does is lie. And now he comes in with the lie. He's got doubt two times. Now he's deceiving her, and he says, you're not going to die. God didn't mean what he said. God knows that when you do eat of this, your eyes are going to be open, and you're going to be like God, and you're going to be full of wisdom. And the, en the enemy promises false and empty lies. And then verse number 6, the woman was convinced. Doubt, deception, untruth, twisting of the truth, taking things out of context. The enemy lied to her, and she bought the lie, and she was convinced immediately. Can I just tell you, do not let the enemy convince you. He is a smooth-talking devil. He is a smooth-talking devil, and he will try to convince you to go against what you know to be true and know to be right according to the Word of God. The woman was convinced, and she saw the tree was beautiful. She took the fruit. It looked delicious, and it, well, she wanted wisdom, so she took of the fruit and ate it. And then the dirty, rotten old thing took it and gave it to her husband, and he ate it too. People say, I can't believe that woman did that. It was all the woman's fault. Can I tell you something right quick? Can I be real with y'all for just a few minutes? It was not the woman's fault. You know what the problem was there? Weak male leadership is what that was right there. Because God is a God of order, and God is a God of created order, and God created male, and then he created female, and God created the man to be the husband and the covering over his wife and over his family and to be the spiritual leader. And because the man didn't stand up for what God had called him to be, he took the fruit from the woman, he ate it, and then it was the fall of man, and the lamb ate the lion, and darkness fell, and everything went to hell in a handbasket. And the reason I'm telling you that is because we get into these discussions now about, oh, equality, and about inclusivity, and about feminism, and all that stuff I'm gonna tell you the same attack is happening in America right now the enemy is coming against male leadership the enemy is coming against masculinity and the enemy is trying to destroy the United States of America just like he did Adam and Eve in the garden it starts with you man it starts with you father it starts with you husband stand up buck up be a man of God and lead your family because he should have said no Eve we're not gonna do this at that moment, when they, when they both made mistakes, at that moment, boom, their eyes were open and they felt shame. Any of you struggle with shame? 
Shame is so hurtful. Shame is so painful. Shame destroys us. And when we listen to the lie, listen to me, when we buy the lie of the enemy, when we allow ourselves to be deceived, and then we become disobedient to God, it breaks that relationship, and next thing you know, we are full of shame. Shame. And it all starts with the enemy deceiving, bringing doubt, lying. All of that leads to foolishness. When the enemy comes in, deceives us, and then we start acting foolishly. I want to talk about something for real in a minute. I want to talk about how um, America behaves nowadays. Can we just talk about that a minute? Like, has the world, America, changed from when you were a young person? Like, do you see how people act nowadays? Used to, we, we weren't so foolish. Used to, we could disagree on some issues and still sit down and have a decent conversation. Used to, we had two parts of our government and we could kind of get along and we could have some bipartisanship and we could reach across the aisle and learn to get along and to agree for the greater good. And now, we're just acting so foolish about everything. As I look at the, uh, the world, man, just listen to me. Look at people when they riot. And they're killing people and they're shooting people and they're breaking out the windows of cop cars and they're breaking out stores and they're stealing and they're looting and they're running around just acting like idiots. Have you seen how people act at pro-life marches? Have you seen people that are pro-choice and the things that they say and the bloody babies that they carry around and the way that they dress and they just act so ignorant? Have you, do you remember, and I hate to bring it up, but do you remember how stupid people acted over the vaccines when COVID hit? You were a good guy or a good gal and all of a sudden if you didn't take the shot and you didn't wear a mask, you were a no good so-and-so, SOB, and they would cuss you and take you down and do everything. We just act foolishly, LGBTQBL. They act absolutely out of control these days. They're full of pain. They're full of rage. They're full of anger. They want to inflict pain on others. They're bitter. They have no joy. As I look at the world and how they behave, there is one neon sign that flashes to me, and that sign is this. It's demonic. It's demonic. That in our country, it is not a political battle. It's a spiritual battle. And the quicker that we open up our mind and the quicker that we begin to embrace that, the quicker we're going to get the victory back in our nation and in our families and in our church and in our government. It is a spiritual battle, and the enemy has cast the spell of foolishness on us. And we've got to wake up. We've got to quit being foolish. We've got to stop. The enemy had tricked these Galatians, had bewitched them. And once we're living in the freedom of the gospel, and now they're over here, and they're living their life. Here, here's the problem with these people back in, in the book of Galatians. They're living their life based on their own perfection and their own performance. They have moved out of saying, I'm saved because of the blood. They begin to follow the old Jewish laws once again. And they're falling into this bondage, this performance mentality. And we're going to talk about performance mentality a little bit because a lot of people in the church, we got the performance mentality. And what do you mean, Cody, by performance mentality? That, that we've taken on this idea that if we can perform for God, if we can pray enough, if we can read enough, if we can show up at church enough, if we can put enough money in the plate, if we can put this bumper sticker on the back of our car, we have bought the lie that if we do enough, then God will love us and we'll be made right with God. Look at me. Look, 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 look. You cannot do enough to be made right with God. 
I cannot do enough to be made right with God. If you or I could follow the law and if you and I could do enough to be made right and to enter into relationship with God the Father, then Jesus wouldn't have had to have left his home in glory and died on the cross to shed the blood that would give us access to God the Father. There is one way that we have access to God the Father. There is one way that we have forgiveness. There is one way that promises eternal life and it is nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all on him. We have to understand this. See, we receive salvation by faith. You understand that? Say a good amen. We receive salvation by faith. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. But when we receive it and we become a new creation in Christ Jesus, then we step out over here and we go to work for the kingdom of God. We go to work to produce fruit. We go to work to repent. We go to work to show others that if they come to the cross, they can have grace for free as well. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, he goes, let me ask you all this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? He's like, did you, did you do enough stuff where God would give you salvation? And did you do enough stuff of the Old Testament law that you could receive this, Paul goes, of course not. We received the Spirit because we believed in the message of Jesus by faith. Paul says, how foolish can you be? He says it again. After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human efforts? Paul says you received it for free. Quit trying to earn all of the blessings of God. It's by faith and not by performance. He says, why would you want to go back? Let me read some more scripture. Galatians 3, 4, and 5. He says, have you experienced so much for nothing? Let me just ask you, have you experienced, anybody here experienced the goodness of God? Anybody experienced joy unspeakable? Anybody experienced the redemption and the healing and the love and the power and the mercy of God? Have we done all that for nothing? Surely it wasn't in vain, Paul said. It's not anything you did. It's everything that God did. He goes, I'm going to ask you again. Does God, and I want you to listen to this. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? I wonder how many of us could use a little extra dose of the Holy Ghost today to give you just a little bit of power to destroy the giants and the struggles that you're facing right now. I wonder how many of us need a miracle in this place this morning. Come on, somebody. Like, I need a miracle. Like, I really, really, like I'm facing something I never dreamt I would face. Like, I'm facing some things. I, I need a miracle from God. Does God want to fill you and I today with the power of his Holy Spirit because we have been checking things off of the box and because we have been performing for him? Does God want to do miracles in mind in your life because we've been a dog and pony show and we've performed and followed the religious rules of our denomination? Or does God want to move a miracle in your life because we are his sons and daughters and we cry, Abba, Father, and we've been adopted by the blood of Jesus? Does he want to move in our life because he's a good, good father? Yes. we got to get over this mentality. That if I've done something wrong, I need you to hear me for a minute. Some of us have this mentality that if we've done something wrong, now God is going to just punish us the rest of our lives. 
you know what you did. That old deep, dark thing that you're trying to hide from everybody over here at Bethel. You know, everybody at your other church, they knew about it, but nobody knows here. That thing you did wrong, it haunts us. Some of us are still haunted by mistakes we made when we were teenagers and we're 40 or 50 years old now. It's a performance thing. And the rest of you, you're just doing everything you do trying to earn God's love. You're trying to earn, trying to perform for God. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories right quick. My granddaddy, God bless his heart. If y'all know me and you came uh, to this church much, you know he was my best friend growing up. There's no telling where I'd be without my granddad. My granddad died five or six years ago. He was 94, so he's that generation. He grew up in that old hard line, hard school, guilt trip, Baptist church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When I was a kid, we used to talk about, oh, he's putting that Baptist guilt trip on us today, ain't he? Because he did. That's the way he grew up. That's what he was taught. And so later in life, my grandmother fell and broke her hip. And my grandmother didn't get well. My grandmother died. My granddad was my inspiration. He was my best friend. And ever since my grandmother died, my granddad allowed the enemy to cast a spell on him. This darkness was over him. And you know what, my granddad, we we really couldn't even enjoy my granddad the last several years of his life because it was so dark and it was so heavy. And you know what my granddad would say? God took your grandmother from me because I didn't pray enough for her. Poor thing. Bless his heart. He just went around with that heaviness. He remembered things that he had done when he was younger, even before they were married. And he believed that God took my grandmother away from him because he wasn't good enough and he didn't do enough good things. And you may not be at that point and you may not be that extreme, but that is a spell that the enemy has cast on the church because there's many of you in here today and you're struggling and things aren't going good and you still just think God's punishing you for what you didn't do enough of correctly i'm gonna tell you about another woman that we know she was and and i'm not throwing shade every every denomination thinks they're correct and so i'm not sure i'm just saying she was a catholic lady and she had cancer years years ago and she got cancer free and then some six eight years later there were some signs that maybe the cancer was coming back and so what she did was she started going to her church every day three times a day Six or eight weeks of her life, we would, we, would take, we would go on some trips together and go out of town to watch our kids play sports. And this woman would skip watching her children play sports if we were in San Antonio. And she would go find a church in San Antonio that was a Catholic church. And she would go morning, noon, and night. Every day of her life, she built, her whole life was built around, I got to go in the morning so that I can go to confession. I got to go in the morning so that I can take communion. I got to go in the morning so I can pray the rosary. I got to go in the morning so I can pray, oh, Father. And so then she would go at lunch again because I got to take communion one more time. And, and I got to go to confession one more time. And I got to pray the rosary. And she would go at night. She would skip out on supper because she had to go to church and she had to go to confession and she had to take communion and she had to pray the rosary and get up the next morning and somehow she had bought the lie and the enemy had cast a spell on her that if she did enough and she did it long enough and she did it hard enough and she was more dedicated than everybody else that someday God would drive the cancer out of her life and you know what it was? It was living a life of bondage is all it was. And many of us going through that every day of our life, everything is based on what we can do listen i'm fixing to try to move on god wants to fill you with the holy spirit and god wants to work miracles in your life and it's not based on you obeying the 613 laws of the old testament 
And it's not based on you following the rules of your denomination. And it's not based on how much you volunteer at church. And it's not based on whether you preached a good sermon. He does it because he's your father and he gives good gifts to his children. And the sooner we can understand that relationship. Like I love my kids, man. And I know I talk about my kids a lot. And if they act foolish, I'm finna bust that butt. Can I get a witness? Y'all don't know what bridle reins are. Y'all don't know, most of y'all don't know what a pair of uh, leather hobbles for a horse are, but the boys do. Clara don't, but the boys do. But you know what? At other times in their life, because I have a relationship with them and I know their heart, I don't expect them to be perfect. I don't expect them to get up and perform. I love them, and as long as their heart's right, and as long as they're trying, and they have a pure faith and a pure relationship with me, we're going to give them blessings, and we're going to try to, to, to lift them up and help them to the next level. We have to understand that about God. We have to understand God's not waiting on us to perform. I'm getting ready to close, but let me tell you one thing. The problem with this mentality is that i got to put on a show for God, and i got to follow the rules. What happens is, it will bleed over into our earthly relationships. It will bleed over into our earthly relationships. Have you ever been around, had tried to have a relationship with somebody and they expected you to perform for them to prove to them that you really love them? You know, if, 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 if they, some people, if you don't text them back within five minutes, their booty hurt and they're offended, right? Come on, somebody. But if you perform for them, if you text them back, if you perform for them and you always shake their hand, if you perform for them and you do these things, if you hug me, if you touch me, if you kiss me, if you call me, if you do these things, then you'll show me that you love me and we can have a relationship. And the problem with that is you go around all your life and you're just doing and doing and doing and you never ever know how to just be and sit and have relationship and we'll finally be wore out and we'll be frazzled and anxiety will kill us and we'll have absolutely no fulfillment through our relationships because we're always trying to do. That's the same thing with God. You can't just always do. You got to be in the presence of the Lord and experience relationship. One more thing, maybe. Because what happens if you take on this mentality, then you got to be careful. Listen to me, and I'm done. I promise I'm done at this, but if you look. Because what happens is we'll become master manipulators. If we take on this mentality, we'll become manipulators. Because if you don't do what I want you to do, I will say things to you to make you feel bad. I will say things to make you feel guilty in order for you to perform for me the way that I want to to show me that you love me. We have to be careful when it comes to these situations. Conrad worship team, y'all come help me close. The enemy, the bottom line is two things. Foolishness is killing us outside the church and inside the church. And I'm talking about me. I got some foolishness in my life. Can anybody testify and be real with me today? There's some foolish things I do. And it's demonic. It's Satan. It's satanic. It's dark. It's the enemy casting a spell. He's bewitching us. And the next thing that I do is sometimes I struggle with performing. So I want to close and I want to ask you two questions today. I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. As you look at your life and you want to be real and you want to be honest and you want to go to the next level, I would challenge you to ask yourself today, what kind of evil spell has the enemy cast on us? 
Some of us, it's just straight darkness. Some of us, he's cast a spell on us and we just can't get over the past. Some of us, we just can't give forgiveness. Some of us, it's this performance thing and we're just full of shame. And I pray that God would open your eyes and give you the revelation today that it's a spiritual battle is all it is. It's a spiritual battle. Allow the Lord to open your eyes. Allow the blood of Christ to set you free. It's in the past. It's gone. It's over. It's done. Live in that freedom of the gospel. Live in the truth. But evil has bewitched you. And then lastly, I would say, what foolishness are you struggling with? Just answer those two questions. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, reveal. Holy Spirit, convict and speak and challenge and change and move. As we close in service today, because we don't want to be foolish and we want to live in your freedom. Speak to us and move in the closing moments of this service. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, if you would, let's stand on our feet and let's close with a little bit of worship.